Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. A very newsworthy, a very noteworthy edition of the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here with you once again on the show. Don't worry, we are going to get into Rookie of the Year candidacies uh, for the NFC South here on the show today. But some pieces of news that I think are very uh, pertinent to what we do here on this show. Uh, and we start, Jamie, with the uh, the news that just before we started recording this podcast, I sent to you and said, I've got our opening topic. And that is, it is official for the first time ever, the NFL is going to be able to flex in Thursday night football games. Now, there are some parameters to this. It can only be weeks 13 through 17. There's a maximum of two flexes per season, and there is a 28-day notice required, which I think is the important caveat here. But, Jamie, the messaging from the league is that this is – the idea behind this is to – uh, promote these primetime games, to have big-time matchups on these primetime games, right? And that's the the reasoning behind player safety be damned, we're going to flex teams into Thursday night football. My response has always been to this type of proposal. Why can't you just extend your existing flex rules as it is to the entirety of the season and have it include, you know, Sunday night and Monday night like it already does, but it, it, have it be over the course of a 17-game season? Because for me, Jamie, it seems incredibly more easy from a logistics perspective, from a PR perspective, from a ticketing perspective, to say, you know what, we're going to start flexing Sunday night and Monday night games in week two and three if there's a really good matchup that we want, and those people can move their tickets from one or four o'clock to eight o'clock, then it is, oh, a month from now, you've already got uh, tickets for a game um, on Sunday. Not uh, not so fast, my friends. The game's now on Thursday. Change all your plans. See, to me, that's the where this you kind of lose me with this. Is there? I think there's much easier ways to do this within the existing ecosystem of the NFL. And the, the Thursday night player safety thing is obviously going to be the big cloud hanging yeah. on top of this. Sure, they also don't care. Like, oh, clearly, be realistic about what they actually care. I, and this this passed with the min, the actual minimum number of votes uh, that it could pass with twenty four to eight here. Uh, but the first thing I did here was I took a look at the schedule for week 13 through 17 to try to see which games are most likely to be flexed out. And, uh, you know, week 13 is Seattle at Dallas. I think that one's going to stay. Um, I, I don't think that that's one they'd have to make a decision on uh, in like on the early November. I think that one stays. Week 14, New England at Pittsburgh. I bet you that stays too. Uh, I think with those fan bases and that potential audience, I don't think that one gets flexed out. Weeks 15 through 17 where it gets a little interesting. Um, I think Chargers at Raiders, it's a divisional game, but and it could be okay, but I could absolutely see that game getting flexed out. Uh, Saints at Rams feels like the easy game to flex out in week 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we just need to get that one out of there. Just flex it out now um, and just get, <laughs> yeah, get, get more really than your 28-day notice. Here you go, everybody. Yeah, Here's it'll some. be um, exactly, almost exactly seven months notice. And then uh, Jets at Browns is the last Thursday night game in week 17. Um Maybe we'll see where those teams are. I think that could actually be a really interesting game with playoff implications, New York market, Aaron Rodgers. So maybe that doesn't get flexed, but uh, I think 15 and 16 right now look like the, uh, the key spots that could end up getting flexed out. And then uh, to flex those games out, uh, we would need to know mid November, mid to late November. So prior to Thanksgiving, 
uh, if those games are going to get flexed. That's piece of news number one. Piece of news number two for us to start the show here today. Jamie Green Bay, officially the host of the 2025 uh, NFL Draft. Hopefully, Jamie, you've got your winter coats packed because we're going to Detroit next year in 2024 and Green Bay in 2025 uh, in in you know April Mayish. It's going to be a little brisk. Going to be a little uh, on the uh, colder side there for those uh, those two uh, cities here in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, the good news is it's drivable for me. Bad news is it's uh, drivable for me. And that we might be staying at your house, actually. We might be staying at your house, and then that's how we're going to all get to the. We'll drive to the draft from there. We might like don't 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 rule out everybody. Get room on the couch and then driving for both of those events. Uh, This kind of seemed to be the the not so secret secret for about talked about now. Yeah, it's been talked about for a while. Yeah, the Green Bay, uh, they have some work to do infrastructure wise to make sure that it can host this type of event in terms of just simply like hotel rooms and and, and things of that nature. But this seemed to be trending in this direction for a while now, um, and we'll see where it goes beyond this. Um, I know NFL officials were in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, that'd be a good city for 2026 and beyond. Um, obviously there's a lot of other places that could be interested as well, but Detroit green Bay are the next two official ones. And it looks like maybe Charlotte might be getting one down the road here shortly. Piece of news number three. And I almost wanted to lead the show with it, but there were two other things that, that clearly I think are more important here, but officially right here on the show. And we're not doing this yet, but Jamie earlier today sent me a screenshot because he has done the Detroit lions fantasy projections i demand after what you showed to me of jameer gibbs's projections for 2023 i demand an apology for you saying that i'm wrong in saying that he is not going to be the starting running back for this football team i'd like i demand my apology i mean you can demand whatever you want doesn't mean i'm gonna give it to you um I, i i well you didn't see what i projected for david montgomery so you don't know it ain't gonna be that it ain't gonna be those numbers no, nah, it's not going to be those numbers, but uh, I was, uh, we won't, we'll get into all that. We're going to have plenty of time this off season to get into all this. Um, I was shocked at how bullish I was on Jameer Gibbs this year. Uh, and I will break down how I get to those numbers, what those numbers are, all that fun stuff. Work in progress. So keep an eye out in June for, for this content. But uh, yeah, Chris, it looks like you're going to be right about this one, at least based on what I saw, which is very interesting considering, uh, I did not. I did not go into it expecting the kind of numbers that I got for Jameer Gibbs. Imagine thinking I would have a bad take about the Detroit Lions and their running back situation. That's kind of my brand. It's kind of the area of the of the football world that I've kind of got a pretty good. Uh, did you Did you give him Jameer Gibbs in your mock? I didn't. I didn't. I had oh, a version of right. it. You did. did have a version of oh, it, which that was bird. the case. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, the second to last version. Then <laughs> I made a late oh. change, and Jameer oh, Gibbs that's, 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 was that's gone. Nice. Okay, so we gave you eight minutes worth of news here. Now we get into uh, what the regularly scheduled portion of the program was, and that is Rookie of the Year candidacies, NFC South edition, AFC South. Yesterday, we've gone through a couple divisions last week, so if you want to catch up on the backlog, you can do so in the podcast feed. Uh, Jamie, we'll start with the team. We, we do this in record order. The team that finished first last year in the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, eight and nine first in this division. I'm going to pull out my phone here and pull up the trusty FanDuel odds, but just based off of a... First look, I don't think there's anybody's candidacy that we're really going to be over the moon about. No, I, I feel like probably the only player with odds on either side of the ball is Kalijah Kansi. And you're going to tell um, me that it's very difficult for interior defensive linemen to put, to put together the type of statistical season that would require that would put them in position to win their defensive rookie of the year. That's what you're going to tell me, right? Yep. Okay. Um, and also, what, you know, that Vita Vea guy is still there. He is also still there. What do you think of Payne Durham? 
I think there's a chance, but I, he's I probably I, the. I don't think of Pain Durham. You don't think of Pain Durham. Okay, there you go. Uh, no, I, I mean, look, uh, they've got other guys there. Like Kate Otten's going to be the receiving tight end. You know how I feel about Kate Otten. I think there's a breakout season in the mix for for Kate Otten. That's what he said on the the Monday edition of the of the TD and Daily podcast. So you know, I I don't I see he'll work his way in, but I I don't see him getting much work. Uh, The reality is, it's probably the most. There's a decent chance the most impactful rookie for Tampa Bay is Cody Mock. You know, an offensive lineman's not 100 this board, but I expect him to be a starter probably at right guard um, for the majority of the season when healthy. So I think he's going to have the biggest impact on this team from a rookie standpoint. Um, you're going to ask me to guess about Kalasha Kansi odds as if I have any freaking idea whatsoever. Well, I was just, um, just going to ask if you had thoughts. I wasn't going to, you know, hold you to it. Like the player. Um, I like the fit next to Vita Vea, but I, I can't. He's got some buzz around him, so that that's that's helpful for a defensive lineman. But I I just don't see the kind of impact that we're going to see, and especially considering that they might be down in a lot of games, meaning the other teams might be running the ball more, less splash stats from that defensive line. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. Uh, I'm, I guess he's like sixty to one. Oh, uh-huh, Jamie, not so fast, my friend. Thirty to one. Yeah, no. Not for Elijah Cansey, not as interested. the defensive rookie of the year. No, not interested. You're completely out. Okay. No. Uh, he's in the same group as uh, Miles Murphy and Joey Porter Jr. Those are all the guys Again, in 30 to Both work. guys I would rather have. Yeah, I, we're going to talk about uh, – we we talked about both of these guys already, and we talked about how much we like both of their candidacies, correct? But I remember we, we've done the show already. We like both of these guys. Yes. Elijah Cansey's candidacy compared to those two guys I do not like uh, whatsoever. Uh, the Carolina Panthers. The- all right, this is the point where we yelled last time, if you remember, about how we did this order. Uh, yeah, Carolina we, is second. They are second in the standings. It says okay, right here. But the, they picked earlier than the Saints. The Carolina Panthers finished second in the division, 7-10. Uh, Bryce Young, the first overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. You think he's going to be viewed very highly in the uh, rookie of the year, Cassie? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, as he should be. He's going to get a chance to start from week one. Not, sh- I mean, he's got okay pieces uh, around him. I would have liked DJ Moore to still be there, but they I need somebody. Were. Somebody has but to emerge as a wide receiver one in that group. DJ Chark's there. Terrace Marshall Jr.'s there. Jonathan Mingo's now there. They need somebody that's going to emerge as a true wide receiver one for them. And, and the thing is, is, is maybe that can be. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to get a true wide receiver one this year, but they can get a. They can like uh, some of their parts type this thing. I like Terrace Marshall. Um, I liked him a lot coming out. Breakout candidate, in my opinion, for the Carolina Panthers in 2023. And he came on late last season, which was Mm -hmm. good to see. We saw some some life, some sparks from him and the talent that he has. You know, Jonathan Mingo really rose throughout the pre-draft process. DJ Chark, I like, but you're going to get him for about two-thirds of the season, and he can make splash plays, but he's not a true wide receiver. And we know what his ceiling is. He's a two or a three, right? With Marshall and Mingo, I think there's some untapped potential. And Mingo, because he's a rookie, and Marshall, because of the inconsistencies of his young career. Chark, you know what you've got, right? He's a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Um, I think those other two guys, the ceiling's a little bit higher for one of those guys to break out into that role. And they have Hurst, right? I, I didn't make that up in my mind. They have um, tight end. Well, if you made it up in your mind, it's also made up in my mind, but I'll check here for you here. Um, I'll I don't know why you- I'm... Yeah, I don't know why I'm having like half like I have some doubt there. I'm pretty sure they signed Hayden Hurst. Okay, I'm checking for but, you. Do, you. do you want to try to guess the odds on these guys? Hayden um, Hurst there. Hayden Hurst in Carolina. Okay. Uh, Bryce Young, my guess is five to one. Bryce Young, five to one. Um, he's plus four thirty, so inside of five to one. Okay, so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mingo twenty four to one. Forty two to one for Jonathan Mingo. Okay. 
Okay. So here's um, here's the here's the interesting thing to me, right? Jonathan Mingo forty two to one, and we talked yesterday about Tank Dell sixty yeah. to one. I think that's interesting that you have the the rookie wide receivers, both midday picks from their respective teams. And I think I like Tank Dell's situation a little bit more than I do Jonathan Mingo's from a getting on the field quickly availability. I, I know we're going to rehash the Houston wide receiver rooms. Not as bad as everybody no, thinks. No, no, no. It it's just more, I mean, there's, there was still a pretty big draft gap between the two. Not whether that matters or not is a different story, but I can understand in the odds wise because like they still got LaVisca Chenault in Carolina. Adam Thielen's they brought in. So there's going to be a role for Adam Thielen. Yeah. So and I, Adam Thielen, I like too in the red zone. Like that's the thing. Like they've got some pieces there in Carolina. They just kind of kind of figure out where they all mold together mm-hmm. for Bryce Young. Right. And, and it's who he gains the rapport with the quickest, right? That's gonna be yeah. the that's that's who's gonna who be on the healthy? field. I mean, look, Thielen and Chark are not pinnacles of hell. Like it just well, Terrace Marshall Jr., right? Kind of the same thing. Yeah. So that that's so, a, yeah, I mean might be just be a war of who could stay healthy and who's on the field long enough for Bryce Young to develop a connection with. But yeah, I, 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 mm. I just, there's no value there in Bryce. And I know we no. talked about this a little bit with CJ. We talked about it a little bit, even with Anthony Richardson, there's just no value there. Uh, it's logical. He should be this high. He's the number one overall pick. He's starting right away. He's in an offensive, he's got an offensive friendly head coach and he's going to get every chance to take every single snap he's healthy for at the quarterback position. But I don't feel like I'm going to – I don't feel like it's worth – the amount of money that I would reasonably bet, I don't think it's going to be worth the investment to hold on. Jamie J. Eisner. Christopher R. Schubert. What if I told you that there is a yeah. player that was drafted on the defensive side of the ball for the Carolina Panthers that has odds on the defensive rookie of the year, according to our friends over at FanDuel? Is it Jamie Robinson? What if I told you it is not Jamie Robinson? Or DJ? Well, there's only, they only drafted one other defensive player, so that must be DJ Johnson. It is DJ Johnson. 100 to 1. It's exactly where he's at. 100 yeah, to 1 for TJ Johnson. We're not. Uh, no. Well, hold on. Hold on. I, I, I was kind of tongue in cheek, but I always find it interesting to see who makes the 100 to 1 cut because there's clearly yeah. some level of reasoning behind it. And DJ Johnson, I think, was a surprise to me that he's one of the guys that made that list. That was why I brought I, it up. I, I do think they look at top 100 and they do some cutoff there. Um, obviously, when you have a few draft picks like Carolina did, they only had a handful of picks. There are less competition for the spots. But I, I don't see him getting on the field enough to win this award. I Jamie, the New Orleans Saints, discussing. they finished third in this division, even though they – and you're going to tell me that – That's not what the draft order said. That's not what the draft order said. Seven and ten, third in the NFC South, four the New Orleans Saints. Uh, there are some candidates here. There are yes, some candidates. Are. You're going to tell, really tell me Brian Brzee is not a candidate because he plays on the interior of the defensive line. I didn't it's say very, he's not a candidate. I said he's not going to win. Okay, you can say that. We've got Isaiah Foskey, pass rusher with their second-round pick. Um, I think there's a Kendra Miller conversation to be had here as well. If I'm looking at three players uh, from this draft class that I think are, are worthy of us starting this conversation with. Yeah, uh, l- let's start with Kendra Miller because the this Alvin Kamara situation still kind of looms large over mm-hmm. everything. We all kind of expect him to be suspended at some point. Um, I think we all presume it's going to be six games, but it hasn't happened yet. Could be more, could be less. Who knows what ends up happening here? They bring in Jamal Williams, so we, we have to be cognizant of, of that. But Kendra Miller could get a path to snaps early in the season. and It took him top 75. Comes- they, they clearly yeah. feel that there's a role for him. And I know he, you are his biggest fan. That's so that's close. Yeah, you're excited about him mm-hmm. as well. I don't. I, well, I guess I got to say, what are the odds, Chris? I don't even want to guess this one. I want to. I want to react and see if it's even something I would consider. Forty to one for Kendra Miller. 
I need a little bit more juice than that. Forty but, to one feels feels a little a little high. Like if he was like fifty or sixty to one, I think yeah, I'm all over especially this. Especially with the quarterbacks, you know right. what I mean? Like again, you're gonna have you're gonna have to beat out any of these quarterbacks. Like you're playing that game here for offensive rookie of the year. But mm-hmm. uh, I think he's an interesting option. I think he's somebody that could get a little bit of buzz around him. I like him more for next year because there's no I'm there's no the sophomore of the year award, Jamie. We're not going to be doing I, that. There could be. You don't know. The NFL could have the, but I like him more for next year, just in general, both for fantasy and real life purposes, uh, because I'm of the mind that Alvin Kamara doesn't start the 2024 season in New Orleans. I think he gets traded. Here, um, let me put it to you this way, Jamie. I'd rather Chase yeah. Brown at 50 to one than Kendra Miller at 40 to one. Agreed. Right. And I think that's- I, still, I would still caution that Travion Williams is going to be bothersome for that bet for you. But yes, I still agree with on principle. Like, right, compare those two running backs right now, not guys that are considered starters. We can see very clear paths that are realistic for them sure. to be, get a major workload. But I think Chase Brown's workload will be more than what Kendra's will be in New Orleans. And even if we want to boil it down and make it really simple, if Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara both get yeeted to the moon, okay? Okay. Chase Brown's biggest competition is Travion Williams. Kendra, Kendra Miller's biggest competition is Jamal Williams. Right. The better of the Williams. Mm-hmm. Better of the – well, would you take Javante Williams? I would take Javante Williams. Not right now. Well, okay. Assuming health. Well, I, I didn't say the better of every Williams. I meant of the two Williams. Would you take Jamison Williams? I wouldn't bet on it. Defensive Rookie of the Year candidacies for the New Orleans Saints, Brian Brzee and Isaiah Foskey. Jamie, I think there's a – I think that one of these we're going to like from a value perspective. Okay. I, I assume it's going to be Foskey. Foskey's 60 to 1. Okay. And Brzee is. 20- Brian Brzee is 50 five. to 1. Oh, okay. So they are reasonable about Brzee. They're reasonable about, about Brzee, but I think that goes in large part because there's there there's a lot of overhaul to that Saints defensive line, but there yeah. are still some established guys there that they're going to use. See, to me, somebody has to, has to emerge on the opposite side of Cam Jordan. Right. Yeah. It's Carl Granderson. It's Peyton Turner. It's Isaiah Foskey. Those are the guys that are going to be on the other side. So there is an opportunity here for Foskey. There is. Uh, and I think the opportunity. I mean, Brissy is probably going to start 100 percent. Right Foskey yep. still is going to have to. He's going to be part of a rotation, I'd assume. And then Peyton Turner. I, you know what? I might be in on Brissy at that number because. Uh, just because at 50 to one, because I usually when we've seen some of these guys are at 30 to one, 28 to one, 33 to one, 50 to one, I think is at least a little bit more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think he can get the sack production if he's healthy and he's going to have the fun, not fun, fun's the wrong word. Excuse me. He's going to have the heartwarming story. It's There's going to be story. a narrative that uh, is a fun narrative based on a heartwarming story uh, right. that, that comes around him. So I, I think I'm in up at 50 to one. But this is not one that I'm I'm super excited about. Now. I don't hate Foskey at sixty to one. I think there's some value there no, as well. No, I think well that's because, fine. I think because I think fine. he can emerge. Now again, he's a guy that I think us at TDN going into last season were were very high on. Thought he could really kind of emerge as one of the top pass um, the pass rushers in this class. It didn't pan out that way. Didn't have yeah. a great Senior Bowl, so kind of he kind of slowly fell down the board. Um, so there's a bit of a redemption arc here, and there's opportunity. I think he can beat out Peyton Turner and Carl Granderson for that other spot. And so if he if he does, there's going to be opportunity for him. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. The last. Oh, by team. the way, Chris, hold on. Breaking breaking news. Okay, you going to send it uh, to Super, me? S- s- no, I'm just going to read it to you. I'm going to read it to me. Okay. Uh, Super Bowl sixty. 
is going to San Francisco. Super Bowl 60 is in how many years? I, give me in years. I, Next I year, know. two years from now, three years from now? I don't know. I'm looking through the uh, 2026. So you, you just broke into this show yeah. to give me news from three years from now. I mean, it broke just now. Right, but the, but the news is not impactful to me until three years from now. I mean, I don't really, I don't really care about what's impactful okay. to you. All I right. just wanted to give news. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, the last team us for us to discuss here on the show. Uh, uh, Chris, Chris, Chris. I know an offensive. I know an offensive guy. <laughs> yes, that, Jamie that Eisner, please give, uh, yeah, give. Uh, I'm assuming Bijan Robinson is the favorite. He is. He and is, I'm going to say three to one. It's exactly what he is. He's three let's to go. one. So let's so let's talk about this because I think there is an interesting narrative that has emerged, and I don't. Jamie, you can personally attest to this. There is nobody that has been a bigger Bijan Robinson's a top ten player. Bijan Robinson should be drafted in the top ten. Atlanta should draft him. It's okay. Don't no nobody get upset. Yeah. There's nobody. You actually put a, this one on your mock, right? Too. There's I've been a, the biggest champion of this. So I don't want anybody to accuse me of throwing cold water on all of this. Bijan Robinson's not getting ninety percent of the of the workload in Atlanta, and I just want to a caution against oh Bijan Robinson's taking every snap for Atlanta. They've got a nice complimentary piece in Tyler Algier that was very good. They're going to manage the workload of a rookie back. And so this is going to be closer. I'm not saying it's going to be, but it's going to be closer to 50-50 than people think. This is probably 65-35, I think, at its peak. Bijan to Tyler Algier, specifically in year one. And I think that's a very important cautionary tale that I want to share here when we're having this conversation. Well, it just becomes about value. Uh, and to me, it's this is why I rarely will ever bet on the rookie of the year favorite on the offensive side because you're not going to get much value here. There's I, zero my value. Concern, my concern here with Bijan is twofold. Um, with this award, obviously, Bijan's a great player, but to take him to win this award is twofold. One is the point you just laid out um, that he is not going to get this overwhelming amount of workload right off the bat, aka, like. Uh, Saquon Barkley did when he was taken number mm-hmm. two overall by the Giants and got a, got a lot of work right away. You'll get plenty of work. You'll put up big numbers. The issue is going to be your, and I've said this a few times as we've gone through this, and I, I really want to beat this point home. There are three rookie quarterbacks that were drafted high that we expect to start in week one. And if a tie breakers will always go in voters' minds in any award to the quarterback. So Bijan is going to have to put up a ridiculous amount of production to beat out whomever is the top rookie quarterback. Because right now it's it's whoever you think it's going to be of the three mm-hmm. is to me. If you, if I just got to pick who's going to win this award, top quarterback or top running back, I would go top quarterback minus three hundred. Right, and it's just just the nature of the position. So. Uh, I'm a little concerned about that point. I, I do think he should be in that tier one group. I think Bijan, I think Bijan Gibbs and the top three quarterbacks are those five guys are in the should win top tier category mm-hmm. uh, in some capacity, and they're priced as such. But I, I, I've done my projections, and they're not finalized yet for both of these for both top running backs, and. I think you might see a more statistically exciting season from Jameer Gibbs than Bijan in year one. And uh, that's something that I'm slowly coming to terms with uh, as a possibility for a number of different reasons. Systems are in play count, competition, backfield, all this other stuff, the way they're going to be used. A lot of different things there. That's not to say they're, they're both elite players, obviously. And, and, and Bijan is a top talent, but this is a, at the end of the day, this is a stat sheet box score award 
a lot of the times. And I'll say this, there there is value here in this context. If you just look at the tier one guys, there's value when it comes to the quarterbacks in comparison to Bijan, right? And so that's yeah. the interesting conversation that can be had here is that if you really like one of these quarterbacks, they're not the favorite. And so you are getting some value there. You're not getting tremendous value. There's still most of them are priced inside of 10 to one. But in comparison to who the favorite is, there's value there, right? They're, they are not the favorites. And so their odds are a little bit longer. And we'll see. Because, Jamie, I think the fun thing that 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 will be cool to keep an eye on throughout this process. And I'm looking down at the numbers. Bijan's three to one. We, we mentioned Bryce is plus 430. Stroud and Richardson are seven to one. And then Gibbs is nine to one. What kind of movement is there between now and the time the season begins based on volume of money that comes in, based on any type of injury news or things that complicate this and change things? I want to see where these odds um, open up the season at, because that'll be interesting to, to keep or an eye big on. big games. Well. I mean, right. Jameer Gibbs is going to play in the first game of the season. So, I mean, that that's that's the one that gets really exciting, too, and you get to see where these guys start to come in, make performances, bad performances. But... Um, if I had to pick, so I know this is not what you're going to ask me, but I think okay. it's a good conversation. Hold if on, we hold had on. To what, what do you want me to ask you? Five, what do you want me to ask you? And then I'll just Chris, ask I'd you. like you to ask me if I had to pick one of those players in the top five, who would I bet on right now? Hey, Jamie, if you had to pick one of the following five players, Bijan Robinson, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or Jameer Gibbs. So all the guys that are inside of 10 to one, if you had to pick one of those guys, who would you pick? Chris, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. Um, I should have had an answer prepared for this. I mean, I that's, I mean what a terrible bit. I mean, you, I you we set up bit. the whole bit and you didn't have the answer ready to go. It's unbelievable. No, because it's such a great question. I think it's worth pondering. Um, I think I know who I would pick. I think I'm going to go with CJ at seven to one, but I strongly considered Gibbs. So I, I had I, two names in mind. I strongly yeah. considered Gibbs, but I convinced myself yesterday about Anthony Richardson. Okay, so so we're so we're, at least we're consistent. We're yeah, still I convinced doing the same bits. I convinced yeah. myself that Anthony Richardson's good value here. No, I, I think he's fine. I guess he'd be third on mine. Uh, I think, but I think I'd go with one of the seven to ones or the nine to one here, uh, relative yeah. to their to the other positions. Uh, NFC South in the books. Oh no, 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 no! I don't want to talk about Zach Harrison. No, please. My my sincerest apologies. My sincerest apologies. Jamie got me so excited about doing the other bit. I didn't do the actual bit of we have to pick a player. We have to pick one oh, player from a value, value. perspective. Ooh. Who are we gonna pick? Ooh. It's not a great division. It's for not value. no, no, not a great division for value. Kendry Miller at forty to one, who we already mentioned. Um, Jonathan Mingo at forty-two to one. Brzee at fifty. Brzee is at fifty. Foskey's at sixty. Those are those are some of the names. DJ Johnson hundred to one. Just want to make sure that that gets in there. Oh, Clark Phillips is eighty to one. Oh, they're going with Clark Phillips over Zach Harrison, huh? Uh, let me check to see if Zach Harrison's in there. Uh, I don't see Zach Harrison in here. No, interesting. So he's at 80 to 1. Is Clark Phillips the first one that hasn't been a uh top three a day two pick? Is Clark Phillips the first player that has not been a day two pick? That that got odds. Um that we've check. mentioned? Yeah. I think I think so. I think so. I'm scrolling through here to, to see, but I don't fourth rounder. I, yeah, I don't see, see any other player that was that wasn't drafted inside the top three rounds. Yeah, I said, did any other day three player get odds? No, I don't think so. Interesting. But you're not taking Clark um, Phillips at eighty to one. I guess give me give me Brissy. That was what I was going to say too. Just, I just because think, you saw, like rarely do we find a starter, a guy that we go and like this guy's going to start from. Week and he's one. at fifty to one. At, uh, yeah, at 50 now to again one. we have all the concerns of what an interior defensive lineman is going to have to do in sure. order for us to win this award. But value wise, immediate starter, immediate role, 
is good and like he's a good player, so he's going to be able to and, do stuff. And I think it's going to be easier, relatively, for to win defensive rookie of the year than offensive rookie of the year for all the reasons we just described in the last on the other side five yeah. minutes of the show. Yeah. So and that's why I think we would go with the defensive player there. So okay, now I can officially put this show to a close. We are done go, with the NFC South. I think we have the West left. We got the West. The West, the West. is left. The East. AFC West tomorrow on the show, and then the NFC West after that. And we will close out uh, this Rookie of the Year campaign uh, odds looking. And then from there, who knows? We've got a lot of stuff cooking. Jamie's fantasy projections he's continuing to work on. We'll have, probably have to relook at these win totals now that the draft and free agency and all this stuff has come to a close. So a lot of fun stuff. Uh, coming around the corner. And then again, takes on takes, as always, we'll sneak in here at the end of the week as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Schubert underscore. You can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Eisner. Appreciate everybody rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, we would greatly appreciate it. A like and subscribe to the YouTube channel helps us out a ton. Hope everybody has a great rest of their Tuesday. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.